This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shops, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and this is the Sunday Roundup. President Biden's visit to Poland yesterday has caused more than a few ripples in the international community. Referring to Vladimir Putin, Biden declared that this man cannot remain in power. This morning, Sophie Rayworth spoke to the Education Secretary Nadim Zahawi about these remarks, asking if they represented a wider escalation of the war in Ukraine. I want to ask you about uh, Ukraine and Russia and President Biden yesterday saying that Vladimir Putin, this man, cannot remain in power. Do we need regime change um, for this war to end? That's up to the Russian people. And it is only the Russian people that can make that decision. I suspect most of them are pretty fed up with Putin and his cronies and the um, illegal uh, war. There are clearly evidence of um, uh, war crimes being committed in uh, the Ukraine, targeting civilian areas. The Deputy Prime Minister, Dominic Raab, is working with the International Criminal Court. So was the American this. president wrong to say it? Well, no, I think what the American president, as the White House has made clear, was talking about is that uh, uh, Putin's illegal invasion didn't has sound to like that, end. did it? Um, uh, and ultimately, it is up to the Russian people. I think there's been a huge miscalculation. Not only is he killing innocent people in the Ukraine, um, but he has damaged the Russian people, who many of which have relatives, have friends um, uh, who are uh, Ukrainian, and their lives and livelihoods have been blighted. There's a huge movement in Russia, uh, a stop the war uh, uh, movement, and I suspect uh, it will be the Russian people who will make that decision. Rayworth raised the case of Child Q, the pseudonym given to a 15-year-old schoolgirl who was strip-searched by police at her school in Hackney two years ago. The case has seen continued protests over the past week. The report into this case of Child Q, this was in London, in Hackney, a 15-year-old black school girl who her teacher thought she smelled of cannabis. She failed to find any drugs on her. So she, the child was strip-searched by two female police officers without an appropriate adult present. Should any child be strip-searched in school? It's appalling what happened. I am reviewing um, what our guidelines, our policies are on this. Uh, no child uh, should have been exposed to that sort of trauma in any way. The school has apologised. They have said they didn't um, know or realise that the child was being strip-searched. Um, it's important that we take this very seriously. I know the police have apologised as well um, uh, on this. So uh, the parents weren't even contacted, which I find hugely distressing, which is why I've asked my team to, to review... Um, the policy on this, and I'll be saying more about this. Very was soon. it was it racism? I don't know because I don't know um, uh, what drove those police officers. There's an investigation. Obviously, the police have apologised, um, but I think it was appalling. Um, you know, parents, everyone. You don't have to have a child to be shocked that a child is allowed to be strip searched um, in. An environment which is meant to be a protective environment. School is a protective environment for children. Uh, hence why I've asked my team to make sure that we, we review the policies. And I'll be uh, saying more, but I will certainly be looking at putting out much tougher guidelines on this. Sophie Ridge spoke to Zahawi about the cost of living. 
With inflation expected to keep increasing for the foreseeable future, Rishi Sunak has found himself exposed to accusations that he has not delivered enough help for hard-pressed voters. Uh, now, energy bills obviously are going through the roof. This is why we're looking uh, at these um, innovations. Uh, inflation forecast to hit 8.7%. The Resolution Foundation uh, saying that half a million children are going to be pushed below the poverty line. Rishi Sunak is going to have to come up with more support, isn't he? So we are today in a global battle against inflation. Literally, um, the, the world is battling this in the US, in Europe. We are too. What does that mean to the consumer, your viewers? When you're in a global battle against inflation, it means the cost of you know, everything from your shopping basket to your energy bills going up. What Rishi did um, is to say, actually, what has worked is local government know who is most vulnerable. So we've doubled the size of the health so has from he done half enough? a billion to a billion. Do you well, think he's done enough? He's put 22 billion for one year of help, 9.1 billion of it for energy, and the rest of it is, is things like so, making sure that so, people on universal credit uh, and the taper, they actually keep more of the money. So, they do, you, earn. do you think he has done enough then? I think he will continue to keep an eye on this. It's only right, it's irresponsible for me to say, you know, job done, because energy prices are volatile, inflation remains high, so it would be absolutely irresponsible to say, job done. But what I would say to you is putting 22 billion to work after spending 400 billion in response to the pandemic is the right thing to do. One billion through local government, the universal credit uh, taper. On Friday, the national living wage will go up, which means a thousand pounds for those additional, a thousand pounds for those most vulnerable. So we have to continue to keep okay. an eye on this. But I think 22 billion in one year of help when you've just spent 400 billion is the right thing to do. Rayworth interviewed the Shadow Work and Pensions Secretary, Jonathan Ashworth, and asked him about Labour's approach to keeping schools open during the more difficult phases of the pandemic. You say that you thought it was a last, it should be a last resort and you didn't want schools to close, but I mean, your, your then uh, Shadow Education Secretary, Rebecca Long-Bailey, was saying in May and June that the government must commit to not opening schools unless they meet five specific tests. She said that twice. Uh, she was very adamant that schools should stay closed unless they could prove otherwise. You know, we, we, we always wanted schools to stay open where they could. There was a period at the start of the pandemic in 2020 where where we knew less about the virus and there was a concern about infection rates in schools. But also, by the way, it, it was also that um, uh, public sector workers, uh, the teachers and so on who run the schools, they were obviously getting sick and were taking time off. So there was a practical issue around schools staying open at that point. But throughout the whole of that process, I think Keir Starmer, and he actually got some criticism from people. He was saying, he, what's the plan to get schools reopened? And then when we had the Delta surge, Keir Starmer actually on, on this show, or the, or the precursor show, the Mar, the Mar show, um, was saying that we need to be supporting schools to stay open as long as possible. Ridge interviewed the Ukrainian MP Maria Mezentseva. Mezentseva told Ridge about some of the horrors that her country was experiencing at the hands of Russian troops. What I have to mention right now, that twice already during this week, Russian soldiers shoot in the civilians who were queuing next to the post office in Kharkiv and next to the hospital, uh, city hospital to receive humanitarian aid. This is a complete disaster. We have 
We have more native people who died and many more injured. This is just an absolute fact of a war crime against Ukrainian civilian population. This is definitely not soldiers against soldiers. This is something which is going beyond the normal understand, understanding of war conduct of any point. Therefore, the um, prosecutor general office, human rights organizations are recording these cases. And it's very important to do it right now so that they're not lost and the justice will prevail once we win this war. And finally, on Times Radio, Tom Newton-Dunn spoke to Francis Horgan, the ex-Facebook employee who became famous for testifying to the US Congress about the company's internal practices. Do you hold executives, big tech executives, criminally liable if they don't, you know, uphold their duty care? I'm just debating exactly what their duty care would be, but if they don't uphold it, are they criminally liable? Should they be going to prison? Should be prosecuted? There's definitely a cultural problem at Facebook where where people don't, the culture doesn't value individual responsibility. Like over and over again, executives have appeared before the Senate, before the UK Parliament, and said things like, uh, people ask, like, so who's going to be responsible for deciding whether or not there's going to be Instagram for kids? And over and over again, the executives say, we, we don't, we don't, no one makes that decision. Like a committee will make that decision. Or if there's some decision that's regretted, like Cambridge Analytica, they never name names. And I think there's a real thing of that culture has to change. Like unless you have a, a culture that says, hey, sometimes people are responsible. And if it means that the law has to come in and establish kind of that cultural shift, um, I think that's a good thing because it means that more decisions will get stopped sooner that, that, it should. That's all for this week. I'm Isabel Hardman and this podcast was produced by Matthew Taylor. Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffee House Shots podcast on the iTunes store. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to our daily evening blend email. It's a free roundup of all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Thanks for listening and do join us again next week. 